Welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, designed to bring out the best in you and your organization. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach on a mission to create a culture where business is the true balance of head and heart. I work with leaders and companies on how to leverage my brand of kindness to gain powerful results. And I'm Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you shift conversations to identify what works and find ways to build on that success with people, planet, and profit in mind. The Doing Good Business Podcast is the place to learn about transformational leadership qualities and purpose-driven business practices that are essential to success in today's modern market. You can make the world a better place through business, and the business case for that starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Doing Good Business. How much fun did we have together in the month of May with Colin from Sheets and Giggles and in April, when we were talking about humor, Kelly awesome. and I are winding down our second season. I can't believe it, Kelly. It's the end of season two. Amazing. And uh, our topic for June is altruism. And, you know, it's an interesting topic, and, and we'll explain why it's a piece of doing good business. But I just, I'm kind of excited that we are, you know, through two seasons and, and we've got three episodes coming for you this month in June. We're going to do a special season two wrap up for you at the end of the month, but we've got an amazing guest all the way. We've got another Australian coming on the podcast, doing good business as a global, uh, global reaching podcast. But today, Kelly and I are going to talk about altruism and what it means and why you want it and why it's a part of doing good business. Absolutely. That's a wonderful setup, Laura. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No, I think so. Altruism was an interesting, you know, I love it as a concept and, and Kelly, you'll humor me to uh, see what I did there. Humor. Wait, 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 oh, April uh, um, I, I was kind of scratching my head and thinking about, huh, what is, how does altruism relate to leadership? So I, I went to my good friend Google and I typed in altruistic leadership and I pulled a Kelly and I found a definition and <laughs> I learned then it turns out I really believe in altruistic leadership. Um, and everything I found on altruistic leadership is caveated with not much research has been done into altruistic leadership, but the mm-hmm. definition is great. And it's defined as the guiding of others with the goal of improving their well-being or emotional state, which is, you know, exactly why as a leader having, you know, an altruistic leadership style is a piece of doing good business. You care about your people. You care about, Mm -hmm. you know, as we say all the time, more than just profit, you care about the planet, you care about, you know, Mm -hmm. the people in your care and the products that they're putting out. So um, works for me. (laughs) Works for me also. And, and it's just necessary, right? It's, it's a necessary component for where we are today in 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just so very different, right, from historically how we think about business, where we're just in in business to make money and people and machinery and natural resources are expendable. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't work in an interconnected economy. And we see that. We see that, you know, we're still, I guess, when this airs, we're will be in kind of the a reopening, different reopening phases um, through this pandemic. But we are seeing mm-hmm. at this time how wonderfully <laughs> interconnected we all are. Yeah. And 
And I say wonderfully because I think it is an opportunity for more research to be done on altruism because I think more business leaders are starting to see it all very differently and understanding that it is not only a top trickle-down approach, but it is also a bottom-up purpose-driven approach. I love that. So bottom-up and purpose-driven. Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, Seth Godin has a great quote also, because you said, I I pulled a Kelly, Kelly pulled a Kelly, right? And I went (laughs) and uh, how Seth Godin puts it in context, right? And he says, all of us, whichever job or project we choose to take on, do something to change the culture. And we can add society there. So that social impact, positive or negative, is our choice. It turns out that all of us are social entrepreneurs. It's just that some people are choosing to make a bigger and better impact than others. It's a spectrum, not a label. And so when you think about that in terms of leadership, so we were talking about a minute ago, you see that, right, this is where companies are. You're you're either doing good things for people and planet, or you're neutral, or you're not doing good things. But I think there's another component when we think about altruism, this wonderfully human characteristic that we have, that it's also a bottom-up thing, right? So to to embody it at the top means to encourage it from the bottom. So that's people who go the extra mile to partner with their with your suppliers maybe in a more productive way to take the extra step with the customer and create that relationship things that we really need when you see how much how challenging that can be when we don't have our normal guide rails in place mm-hmm. in business right so we know companies you know people who are trying to still you know sell their products and services in this time and they're finding that's harder well if the quality of your relationship is better overall <laughs> then this is going to be easier to do so mm-hmm. that's what I mean, you know, it's, it's bottom and let's throw the middle in there too, right? Middle level managers, it's everybody's yeah. opportunity, right? To, to bring a little bit more altru- altruism, a little bit more care and concern to what they do. You know, that's, that's something that I will say, you know, a few weeks into this, um, and by this, I mean the pandemic and, mm-hmm. you know, this has been since March. Like, so, Voldemort, you know, we're in month three. The name, right? It's like Voldemort from Harry Potter. Yeah, everybody just knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I started seeing, and I wrote about this on LinkedIn, like I started seeing some really lovely things emerging from this. And, you know, thinking about mm-hmm. it now and under the umbrella of altruism, like really it's all, all of these businesses that are doing things are embodying this definition of altruism. So I think about, you know, Shake Shack being one of the big mm-hmm. companies to publicly give back their PPP funds because, it, it's they're not the intended audience. Um, right. You know, there is uh, Davida Healthcare did the same thing. They gave back their PPP funds because they're mm-hmm. okay and they're publicly traded healthcare company. And then I think of the other side of the coin with, you know, companies that basically had to be publicly called to the mat in order to mm-hmm. make these choices that are for the greater good. And, you know, look at the stock prices of the companies that are going up versus down. And it's the ones right. that are coming from this perspective of, we are in this together and we do want to give back and we want to make it you know easier for you to do business with us like all of the insurance companies that are giving discounts and and refunds mm-hmm. to their um to their mm-hmm. clients because people aren't driving like we can't leave our mm-hmm. houses we're not driving um right 
And, and I think it's just, and as these consumers, are some of the things that are emerging that I think are are important to notice. First of all, to note that they're happening, and also like how do we? I've been thinking recently a lot about how do I make my voice heard with my dollar and with my consumer yeah. spend. Right. And it's what you can do, right? And yep. we as consumers are smart enough now in 2020 to figure that out, right? Like, well, wait, if we're not driving, that's got to be like good for you, <laughs> insurance company. Mm-hmm. And they're recognizing that and they're honoring that and saying, yeah, we know. So here you go, right? We're going to, you know, reduce our rates. And and I think, you know, we've said this before on, on this show throughout the last two years, right? Doing good business is something that happens in good times and in bad when no one is looking and when everyone is looking. And so we've got now, I don't like to call it bad times. We've got these different times, right? And everyone is looking. So you do expect companies to really show up. And I hope to your your point, maybe it's not your point, so I'll just jump in with it. But I, I kind of It hope probably that, is. We're usually on the same page. <laughs> right, exactly. That it is sparking creative thought amongst the leadership teams and and again and the people who work there to say hey this could be a new business model you know we hear about the data ai which i distinguish from the human ai appreciative inquiry but we hear about artificial intelligence we have to be at a point now where those things could be adjusted seasonally you know maybe it doesn't have to be flattened out over a whole year or you know they're doing so many more things with your driving record i'll just kind of stay on the insurance example for a second but there are things that could be happening now this sudden change where people and companies were just thrown into doing things differently and we've talked about bouncing forward right what can you mm-hmm. take from this that can just continue to be good business something that happens you know in good times and in bad when everyone is looking and no one is looking because that's the long-term positive effect that you want of this and and a naturally altruistic leader who has developed an altruistic culture they're going to want to do those things yeah and i think at the individual level you know we are long past the point of leaders being able to care if, you know, kids and pets are running in and out of the room during a meeting, you know, leaders that are really saying to their people, here's what you need to get done. And I understand that everything is upside down right now. So do it, you know, basically just get it done. Like, you know, finally abandoning the whole butts and seats nine to five and all that kind of stuff, but really leading with the care and the well-being and the emotional state of their teams as the primary driver. So really thinking about you know, what's best for my people that still allows us to get work done. And, you know, we talk or uh, I talk a lot with people about there's so much space in between, you know, our brains are just wired to be these basically calculators all the time. Mm-hmm. And we go from, you know, on to off and, and right mm-hmm. to wrong. And, and there's so much gray area that is an opportunity for us. And it's like, so what's in between, you know, getting zero done because people are at home and forcing them to come into the office for 50 hours a week because you have to micromanage. Like there's a lot of space in there. Yes. And when you explore that space through the lens of altruism, that is a powerful leadership style. You could not be more spot on with all of that because really what you're talking about and what we're talking about when we talk about is What are these good management mechanisms? And good is a subjective term. So what are current management mechanisms? And that's an example Mm -hmm. where that's starting to shift, right? You would never think that that would be okay to have a dog barking in the background, although it's always okay on this podcast, but, you know, or in a Zoom call. Always. 
Right. But, you know, this is how things evolve. And this is what I think makes altruism as a business strategy very different today, right, from and going forward into our new normal than what it's been, which typically when you think of altruism, and I don't even know that people think of it as altruism, right? They think of it as corporate social responsibility. And traditionally, Mm -hmm. that's something that's done you know, uh, again, in good times, right, when there's something called slack resources, right? So you've got the cash. So, okay, we're going to do these good things or to make amends for previous bad things an organization has done, right? So it becomes a strategy and it becomes temporary. Like what you're hearing on the Doing Good Business podcast? Then you'll love working with Laura or Kelly. Visit doinggoodbusiness.com forward slash the host to learn about them and how their services can help you do good business. We're talking about a lot of things that become now embedded as a business practice. And to to that, I have an example of a company, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, Azai. Um, and they make pharmaceuticals, yet there's no mention of pharmaceuticals in their name because as they describe it, they're in pursuit of human health care. Now, if that includes pharmaceuticals, great, right? Like that's their thing. That's what they're doing. But what they've done is they've made this commitment with their business activities to increase the benefits to patients, their families, and consumers who they realize now are key players in their healthcare. So you see that in what they're sharing on their website, right? That's in their communications. And so Mm -hmm. how do you demonstrate that? Well, 1% of their working hours is spent with patients. And right away, our our mathematician listeners might be like, ah, that's 21 hours a year based on a, you know, FTE of working 2,080 hours a year. That may not seem like a lot at first, but that's like half of a week that every employee spends with patients, right? And of course, it's all in the implementation. I can't speak to how they're doing it, but they're doing it. And I couldn't even imagine what type of rich detail and information and emotion, right, is coming from those interactions with patients. And I couldn't even imagine if if you could just take any company and say, hey, someone from finance, someone from marketing operations and HR sales, and yes, product development, you're going to get 1% of your time to spend with our customers. What what cool gems could be uncovered? What new ideas mm-hmm. could be in those types of conversations? Again, when they're done well, that could be opportunities that just might be missed from the people who traditionally make these decisions, who are maybe a little further away from the consumer, or in this case, the end user. Oh, another cool yeah, thing, I- they're aligning yeah. their um, ESG initiatives, which is environmental, societal, and governance. So that's all under the doing good business umbrella. They're aligning them with the UN sustainable development goals, which we talked about in our sustainability episode recently, which is always a cool thing. So here again is proof of a company, what we say all the time on doing good business. It's possible, profitable, impact with opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think back to, gosh, I think it was in season one, Kelly, when we talked to um, Dr. Kristen Donnelly, whose family has Abby Color in Philadelphia, yeah. mm-hmm. and just, you know, talk about altruistic, altruistic leadership. And, and we drilled down a little bit more with her specifically because they have um, the equal, um, I can't find my words. <laughs> intentional, hiring. intentional. Yes, yes open hiring. Open Thank hiring. You. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm and with you, just, my friend. You know, 
Thank you. Thank you for finding my words for me. But really thinking about, you know, how you care for people in in that circumstance. And, you know, I was reading for uh, doing some research for this episode and came across a company that I know that you're familiar with, Kelly, which is Greystone Bakery. And, you know, similar hiring practices, but also you shared the quote with me. And would you share it again? Because I just, I loved it so much. By the way, they supply, as I just learned from Kelly, Greystone Bakery bakes the brownies for Ben and Jerry's ice cream. So I was like, great, I'm already a big supporter of this company who's clearly got altruism somewhere baked into their their culture. But will you share the quote from their CEO that you shared with me before we recorded? Yes, absolutely, because it stopped me dead in my tracks when I saw it. So their CEO, whose name escapes me right now, said that we do not hire people to bake brownies. We bake brownies to hire people, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so profound and yet brilliantly simple in in its context and in the words that they use because they just completely took that and flipped traditional business into we're going to hire you to do something for us to we do something and we want you to be a productive piece of part of this, you know, and I just think that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, no, I think that it's, you know, I think that that's such an important thing. And again, like when you talk about buying power and who you want to support with your dollar, these are the choices that we have right now. You know, we can support companies that are embodying these altruism and, you know, altruistic mm-hmm. tendencies, or we can make different choices. Um, but, and I, I hope that we start to see as we emerge from this, I hope that we start to see more organizations that are doing things like that. Like, I hope that it becomes more of a norm than an exception. Like right now, you know, it's exceptional when we see companies giving back public funds. It's, it's exceptional when we see companies that have open hiring practices. It's exceptional when we see, you know, individual leaders that put the care and concern of their teams over, you know, mm-hmm. deliverables and deadlines and things like that. I hope that we start to see more of that. You know, I hope that that becomes something that maybe people will take with them as we emerge into whatever the next stage of, of normal and, and business looks like. I hope so too. And thank you. I don't know if it was um, your intent to kind of tee that up, but it's something that I wanted to cover because what is next, right? So for mm-hmm. you know, for our podcast listeners who want to bring more of this into their organization, how can they do that? And you and I know the benefit of really developing a collective vision around that, what, mm-hmm. what that might look like in an organization. So let me just throw out a couple of questions that, you know, um, if this is something you want to do, you're listening to the podcast, you you get this, and you're going to go back and start to make your kind of business plan or business case for this. I would suggest you bring some people together, some key stakeholders in the organization, maybe some from outside, your trusted key stakeholders, and say, just ask them, what drew you here? You're going to tell them what you're going to be talking about, right? So what drew you here to talk about what possibilities exist for our company to demonstrate a selfless concern for others, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get that right out. Let them let them share their perspectives on what they, why they're there, because that's a big part of anything that they might implement. You know, what's deeply important to us as a company beyond making money? And why do we care about it? You know, in the case of Greystone Bakery, they want to employ people. Same thing with Kristen Donnelly's with um, Abby Collar, right? You know, I believe it was her father who said he had a need for, you know, labor and labor that he skilled labor that he was willing to train for. And the neighborhood in which they had their um, building, they needed work. Right. So for him, Mm -hmm. it was this perfect match. 
And then another great question to ask people as you think about putting together a plan for this is, when have you been involved in an altruistic act or other selfless project, right? Where no company ego is involved when you felt highly engaged. So that's like just three little questions that you could ask to get some conversations started in your organization that would help you really identify where do you go, right? So they're very aspirational, but then maybe your action plans follow from that. Well, and I think that's great. And Kelly, we'll definitely include those questions in in the show notes. And one of the things, you know, so let's say you're a leader and you're listening to this and, you know, maybe you're not a business owner and you don't have the autonomy to shape the entire direction of an organization, mm-hmm. but you really want to include altruism in, in your leadership style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in exercise, and I wrote about this recently and we'll link to it and, and actually had a, a leader that Kelly and I both know do it with her team and it was fantastic. And it was thinking about oh, instead yeah. of getting so tactical, you know, how do you want to feel when this is over? You know, when we go into whatever is next and we don't know what next looks like yet. So you can't really figure out what your tasks are and what your projects are with a huge degree of certainty. Mm -hmm. So think about with your team, if you want to embody more altruism, like if you want to have a leadership style or even people that are concerned with everyone else's well-being as, you know, kind of the primary driver, think about how your team wants to feel in whatever the next stage is. And then align your goals and Mm -hmm. your projects and the things that you say yes to align it with those things. So if altruism is a value that you want to bring into the next phase of business, great. Run that through like a lens, like run your projects through that lens of does this support that value? You know, maybe you want to feel like you've got a competitive edge. Okay, well, then maybe you need to allocate some time to doing some market research as opposed to just, you know, arbitrarily choosing projects and tasks to do. So, you know, really want to give you guys some tangible takeaways. And I think the summer break is a great time you know, June and July, nope, lies, July and August, <laughs> Kelly and I are going to walk our talk and we're going to, you know, get some rest and gear up for season three. And we've got some great ideas percolating already, but most folks are in the business world a little slower in the summer and summer vacations are going to look very different this year, but there will still probably be a little bit of a slowdown. So, you know, what a great time. Take Kelly's questions and apply them to your business or your team or your department. You know, take my article that I'll link to, do the exercise with your team, do it with your peer group, you know, start to put these practices into place so Mm -hmm. that when things kick back up a notch, you already have this amazing foundation um, set forth and ready to go. Those are really great ideas. And that exercise was wonderful that you shared, Laura. And I think, you know, in listening to all this, I'm like, wow, we are coming around full circle, right, to where we started, you and I, when we first started talking about the podcast, because I was thinking, it's really a very natural thing. We've both identified that today. You identified mm-hmm. and how you started off and, and Seth Godin's um, definition of all of this resonated with me from like a business strategy side. We are, you're doing it every day, right? Whether you know it mm-hmm. or not. So it's about letting that barrier kind of just dissipate between who you are as a person and who you are in the organization. And that was where we came, like, we wanted this podcast, you know, to be something where people could bring their, their best selves to work and be successful Mm -hmm. in time. So I suspect I'm just going to throw it out there that as people take your very sage advice and take this time to think about these things, reflect on them and talk to their teams about this, that they're going to find all of this feels like a very natural next step. 
at least for them personally, which is a great springboard to bring it into the organization. Because why would you leave the best of who you are at the door in order to be successful? at work. And that's what we're talking about, meshing this. And and the roadmaps, you know, the, the models have already been proven. I talk all the time, you know, we've got our traditional for-profit organizations, we've got your corporations practicing social responsibility, you've got social responsible business, you've got social enterprises, you've got nonprofits with income and traditional nonprofits. It's already a spectrum. These or, you know, these organizations exist, the models are out there, so you don't have to go it alone. Yeah, absolutely. And that beautifully uh, tees up our our guest later on this month, Haley Cable Jaspers. She identifies as a do-goodologist and she is in Australia and she makes her entire career out of corporate social responsibility programs, helping companies to do good, put their altruism into action um, and do, you know, do what I call operationalizing the values, um, which is some of the work I do with my clients. We talk about values all the time. If they're only a sign on the wall, they're meaningless. How do you operationalize them? So come back exactly. and join us for that episode on June 15th. Um, but take some time. Use these questions. Pop into the show notes and uh, put your values to work over the next couple months. And uh, join us for Haley's episode. And then we will see you in the fall. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business. We hope you'll tune in regularly, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and most importantly, tell a friend or a few. It's how we can build the critical mass to make the world a better place through business. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business. Learn how you can work with us at doinggoodbusiness.com slash the hosts. Let us know what you like about the podcast and what else you'd like to hear about through our online form on the contact page of doinggoodbusiness.com. We'll see you next time.